0: Tragedy is not unique to Connecticut, but is helped deeply when it hits home. Recently, two Bristol Police Officers, Lieutenant Dustin DeMonte and Sergeant Alec Ramsey, were ambushed and murdered while a third, Officer Alec Ayorado, was wounded before taking down the gunmen. This sent shockwaves of grief throughout the city of Bristol, through Connecticut, and our nation. While the gunmen sought to divide and spread hate, Connecticut came together in the aftermath to show strength and love. Bristol Mayor Jeff Cagdiano is joining Municipal Voice to talk how Bristol can move forward and honor the fallen officers. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Gateway and Housatown Community Colleges. Municipal Voice is the Connecticut Conference of Municipalities podcast in collaboration with WNHH 103.5 FM. I'm your host, Matt Ford. As always, be sure to give us a like and let us know what you're thinking in the comments. CCM's Municipal Voice podcast continues to present a key forum on important state-local issues. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect consensus views of CCM or member municipal leaders. Mayor, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So we talk about difficult subjects here on the Municipal Voice, but none quite as difficult as what happened recently in Bristol. Um, I think first we want to thank you, Mayor, for coming on to talk about this because we feel it's important for town leaders and members of the public to understand how difficult uh, this job can truly be. Mm -hmm. So we don't necessarily want to go through all the details. You know, it's been in the national news all over the place. Everyone kind of knows what happened. But how did you find out and what was going through your mind as things were unfolding that that day?
1: Yeah, it was a difficult day, you know, October 12th, late in the evening, 1130 ish. I heard directly from uh, Chief Gould that we had a shooting at that point. He knew that that was a tragic event. I didn't Mm -hmm. know the details of it, but was... uh, going to the scene and wanted to let me know that this was happening. Mm. And it unfolded very quickly for them. I can't imagine them going through this. Uh, On the other side, though it was difficult for me as a city leader as well. I was not called to the scene nor would I wanted to go to the scene, to be honest. But I was getting information from the news media, from Facebook, from other places throughout the course of the entire night. And because the chief was so busy, not only Mm. Going to the scene, but then being deployed to each of the officers' homes to notify the families. I didn't hear from him again until about five o'clock in the morning. So it was a long night, a very difficult time with a lot of unknowns.
0: Yeah. I mean, as mayor, did you ever think you would have to respond to something like this?
1: Never. I mean, nobody could dream up of something like this. And these, you know, shootings happen, bad things happen but the circumstances behind this is definitely beyond the pale of what people could ever imagine and you know to lose one officer is horrible to lose maybe a firefighter and these things happen in the in the normal course of duty but something like this this incident itself with the circumstances behind it, it being an ambush and two officers, is clearly something that that rocked, I, I think that's what Chief Gould said that morning, it rocked the city of Bristol and, and certainly yeah. rocked the state as well.
0: Definitely. So as mentioned before, because of, you know, the internet, social media, you know, people find things out very quickly, but, you know, often, you know, before maybe even the the details or the facts are all out how did your office and or the the police department handle the dissemination of information?
1: Yeah, we uh, were just before this talking about an emergency plan and how we get information out. But you know, we have a pretty lean mayor's office. So Mm -hmm. this really came through myself and the police uh, chief. That's it. So you know, we had our plan and our communication plan, and we got that Mm -hmm. out as we could. In cases like this, though, which is a relatively new legislation Mm -hmm. uh, as part of the police accountability bill, and I don't want to comment politically on that, but Mm -hmm. as part of it, any officer involved shooting goes right to the Office of Investigator General and Mm -hmm. their special prosecutor and and, uh, team that takes over this investigation. So at five o'clock in the morning, when I got a call back from Mm -hmm. Chief Gould, I was told, "Okay, we're going to have a press conference at eight and mm-hmm. the state police came in and pretty much took over the entire investigation and a yeah. lot of the specifics about the case. And we do know mm-hmm. that within 96 hours, they had to release uh, the video to mm-hmm. uh, determine whether this was a justified shooting or not. Mm-hmm. And we did get that release of it. But the investigation is still ongoing and it's run by the state and the state yeah. police.
0: Shooting attacks, you know, are all too common, unfortunately, in our country right now. Um, yeah. In fact, that same week that the you know, the incident happened in Bristol, another off-duty officer was killed in a shooting in Raleigh, North Carolina. Is it possible to prepare for something as tragic as this?
1: Yeah, I, I don't really think so. I mean, you can think about what you might say or do. And I think it's uh, one of those things that once it hits your community, you just need to react and to stay as positive as you can, keep the community together, inform yeah. people the best that you possibly can. And, uh, you know, it's one day at a time that you take this. I know that policing in itself in the state of Connecticut is a difficult situation because most communities uh, are struggling to get officers right now to have Mm -hmm. people working in that line of duty. Uh, This certainly is not going to help that cause, I don't think, because there's probably going to be some fears. But on the other Mm -hmm. hand, there will be people that will want to step forward and serve because of this incident.
0: Yeah, there's always those brave individuals that are willing to step forward and serve. Um, But yes, obviously, Connecticut does have an ongoing sort of shortage of officers in a lot of towns. Yeah. You are listening to the Municipal Voice on W H H one 103.5 FM. Do you have any advice specifically for other mayors or first selectmen in the wake of this tragedy and how to prepare themselves?
1: Yeah, I, I think one of the things to be prepared for and do is to have a crisis management plan, or mm-hmm. or at least know who those key people are mm-hmm. uh, to to contact. As a matter of fact, it was kind of serendipitous for me. The month prior, through our regional cog, I'm part of the mm-hmm. we're part of the NV cog, we actually met. Um, uh, uh, Judge Devlin, who's in mm-hmm. charge of these uh, events, and they gave us the information. So it wasn't a surprise to me when I found out that there was an officer involved shooting that it was going to be handled by the state. So I mm-hmm. think knowing that ahead of time is helpful. Having a plan and knowing who the key players are within your city yeah. that you can pull together I would be great. I mean, we have also in this circumstance because it is so unusual is we Hmm. hired an outside consultant for just a month to help us with um crisis management communications and setting up uh interviews and things of that sort
0: yeah obviously this particular case has a lot of media attention so that sort of thing is required but it sounds like in general you would advise you know have that plan in place have it ready because you know it could be something like this unfortunately or it could be any any sort of emergency situation but having that plan you know who the people are and whatever kind of set you up to to hit the ground running when when this happened.
1: Exactly. And I think that is the key for us. That's how we move forward is we're moving forward. We're taking care of every issue as it comes up. We talked a little bit earlier about the police shortage. Uh, we weren't in a dire circumstance mm-hmm. prior to this, but obviously losing two officers uh, in one evening and having a third who is will be out on disability for a little bit here and others that came yeah. to that scene. We're in a situation where we're trying to take a little more drastic measures to to get some certified officers to come work yeah. for us immediately. So these are the types of things that you can do to continue to move forward. You know, yeah. you got to control the things you can control, and uh, you certainly co- can't go back and uh, remove this situation or or make it go away. But you need to make sure that the city continues to move on, and that's what yeah. we're trying to do.
0: Yeah, and we mentioned you know, in a city the size of Bristol, being down three officers on your force, aside from the tragedy, is also a noticeable change to to your to your force. It is trying to yeah. replace those positions is is a, is a big deal.
1: Yeah, and thank goodness, by the way, too, that the way that that uh, public safety network is from fire, police, EMS, dispatchers, mm-hmm. you know, you name it. There is a great brotherhood and sisterhood. So we've had a lot of mutual aid from other towns, people,
0: yeah.
1: uh, officers that are coming in off duty to help serve shifts and to, and to guide us. And especially in the immediate wake of the tragedy, you know, we had officers yeah. from outside of town fully covering uh, during the funeral and other times where our officers could So that's a short term fix. Yeah great that that happens but we do we are getting to the point where we got to move beyond that and yeah. make sure that we get some certified officers on board
0: yeah and that that was warming to see that um you know in in the wake of this other departments in the state helped and offered support how, how did that happen how did they coordinate that Did they other chiefs talk to your chief sort of situation
1: yep yeah certainly uh i think those connections are made uh, we're very fortunate Chief Gould was actually just recognized uh, two months ago from the state police chiefs um, association as one of the top chiefs in the state. Mm -hmm. And he's been great. But he has that network. Uh, He brought in people to help him. And then Mm -hmm. people volunteered, by the way. They came by the dozens. You know, we had people from all over the state and not just the surrounding towns but these are yeah. people that drove from down in, in Fairfield County and all over to come and help our officers it was truly an amazing thing for me to witness on on how much generosity people had all over the place
0: yeah I know it drew support from far and wide there were you know reports of organizations that were hoping to pay off the mortgages for the affected families and setting up yep. funds. How did that make you feel knowing that there would be support for the families from outside, that, that Bristol wasn't alone in this?
1: Uh, I think, uh, you know, that Bristol Strong mentality, very similar to what we saw in Boston Strong yeah. uh, not all that long ago, came through. And, you know, we have seen, speaking of the donations, we've seen uh, mortgages get paid off. We've seen a local real estate lobby firm that helped with money for housing expenses, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars coming in from a bunch of different funds and then two official funds set up by local police department individuals together are probably getting close to a million dollars worth of donations from people. And there's ongoing benefits and ongoing Mm -hmm. events that are are happening, which is really heartwarming. And for me, at least takes that one big thing off the table, mainly for the families, right? There's nothing that's going to bring these officers back, but if they don't have to worry about Finances, healthcare, and things of that um, sort—that that's a little bit of a saving grace.
0: Yeah, you know it's hard to find any sort of light amongst all this tragedy, but you know the city of Bristol stepping up and honoring—you know that that display of love must have been very comforting.
1: I think it is, and it continues. By the way, and I'll throw a challenge out to everybody across the state: the city Mm -hmm. of Bristol probably right now is somewhere in the neighborhood of fifty percent lit up blue where people have gotten blue lights and lit their houses blue. Mm-hmm. And through the holiday season, we kind of have this challenge to keep this going and keep Bristol strong to see if we can get that closer to 75 or 80% of the households having mm-hmm. blue decorations through, um, through the holiday season. So that I think is helpful, not only for the individual Bristol residents, but anybody mm-hmm. that drives through Bristol, any police officer or first responder that sees that, uh, I, I think that's a very comforting thing, and that's something that can help all of the police departments throughout the state. So I hope that other towns and cities uh, take my my challenge to go ahead and see if we can light the town blue.
0: Well, we'll certainly hope that they do. At the end of the day, you know, the question that we all want to ask, but maybe even the hardest question is, are there ways, how do you prevent tragedies like this from ever happening again? Do you, do you think it's possible?
1: It may or may not be. Uh, I have chosen not to get too deep into the political aspects of this, from the mm-hmm. police accountability bill to gun control mm-hmm. to all of that, because there's one basic thing that resonates with me mm-hmm. is there is a mental health crisis in this country. Yeah. Um, and I, I've always said this that you know Bristol is kind of a in between of a big city and a small town and and mm-hmm. realistically, my thought process, and I think most people agree with me, is that this could have happened anywhere. And it's not something that is going to get fixed by an overarching uh, new law or statute that goes into place. We we have a lot of those things into Mm -hmm. place. This is really a mental health crisis. In order for Mm -hmm. something this horrific, this horrible to happen, there has to be a deep set Uh, issue. And actually, it was kind of interesting. I I got to do roll call for all the officers as they were coming back after their first service. And I did put Mm -hmm. it this way. I said, you know, there's there's three main things that they look to when they go out to serve and protect the community and they run Hmm. into dangerous situations for strangers is they have to have one of three things, hopefully all three things working for them. It's faith, family, and friends. And um, it it resonated, it kind of stuck with them, but I think, um, you know, our faith, our family needs to recognize that things are awry with people. And that's why these shootings are happening in multiple places as you talked about you know raleigh north carolina the next day and you know we can go look in the news and there'll be another one somewhere else Mm -hmm. Um, for me i think that focus on support systems and and uh supporting people through faith family and friends is, is something that that could resonate and hopefully could help yeah
0: looking ahead how does a town like bristol heal from something like this
1: yeah, I think that's just a time factor, and uh, people are very different. So some people heal quicker than others. Uh, I think one of the things that's been helpful that I noticed directly from our local police officers, right—the ones that mm-hmm. are most directly impacted, the many of these who witnessed the, the horrific event—getting uh, back to normal, getting into the swing of things again. And as one of our officers put it, you know, getting back on the horse as quickly as possible is definitely something that can help. And uh, so I think we all need to get into our routines. We all need to get back to the uh, the definite um, routines of our life that will help us to to cope with this because it's unthinkable. It's unimaginable. It's not anything that we can fathom and
0: yeah uh, or explain so one thing we always like to do on the show is try to end on a positive note and even on a a show like this there's always room for that so are you optimistic about the future what gives you hope about the community of bristol
1: there's a couple things first i will say that we have two funds that were set up fund the first and the bristol police heroes fund the fact that we're nearing i would say a million dollars of donations there and by the way there's other donations there's other things that have happened that gives me hope. People were affected by this and they all want to help and they all want to do something. And I think we need to just try to keep carrying that on and keep uh, highlighting the fact that there is a lot of good on the other side of this evil. Um, The other thing that I will say, and this is unfortunate, but this is my job now as mayor, as we start Mm -hmm. to heal and move forward, is Bristol is a little bit of a shining star in this state. I will say that I inherited a pretty good situation where we're fiscally responsible city, fully funded pension plan. Uh, We have a downtown revitalization effort that is really on the precipice of exploding. And um, if we can continue to make those good things happen and have Bristol increase in its value to the current people that live here and hopefully attract a lot of new people, downtown in particular, yeah, I, I think that'll be a, a very interesting story in the next year. And so, you know, that's what I was heavily focused on before this incident. And now that we're getting past some of the emergency and crisis situation, it's yeah. time to move Bristol forward in that direction.
0: Looking to those brighter days ahead.
1: Yeah. Well, Mayor
0: Caviano, thank you so much for speaking with us today. We really appreciate it.
1: I appreciate you having me. Uh, You know, I I went to my really my first CCM meeting uh, and and group together. It's a great group of, uh, you know, CEOs throughout the the state. I look forward to working closely together with all of them to make great things happen for the state.
0: We'd like to thank our guest, Mayor Kajiannis. We'd like to thank our sponsors at Gateway Community College and Housatonic Community College. Learn more at gatewayct.edu and housatonic.edu. The Municipal Voice is a co-production by CCM and WNHH 103.5 FM. Kevin Maloney is our executive producer, Christopher Gilson is our producer, Mary is on the boards, and I'm Matt Ford, your host. Be sure to check out our Facebook page and give us a like, and watch out for our CCM chat series on our YouTube page.